originally titled Beauty Isn't Everything. It's the only thing. This was live broadcast on November 5th, and it's all about the Neon Demon by Nicholas Winding Refn. Oh, wow. Way before there were burials, there was Flapjack Sawyer's all-natural 80% pancake syrup. You'll get a good dose of that on this one. Because we are not about dumb shit at all on Death by DVD. Strictly movie reviews. <laughs> All right, let's get this party uh, started. We'll be back later with absolute nonsense, I am sure. Enjoy. authentic 
wonderful alcoholic maple syrup. There is no methamphetamine in it. It's not true. There's no bath salts, no flocka. There's no reason. But if you continuously drink seven days a week, Flapjack Sawyer's all-natural 80% alcohol, Flapjack syrup, you might lose teeth. So we're going to have to put a new warning on the bottle with the additional slash does not allow you to grab her by the pussy, not made with methamphetamine. So we've also gotten several complaints that people are directly looking for it because of methamphetamine. This is for you. This is your warning. It's not made with methamphetamine. So, so we're out of the way. Lawyers wanted that said. Please, you know, run out now. Grab a bottle. You know, it's great for bar mitzvahs and and, uh, and divorces and, and um, you know, pancakes. God. Go out. Get some. Enjoy yourself. Here and talk about syrup. The more it reminds me of Neon Demon. It's going to be a lot of spoilers because we can't appropriately talk oh, about yeah. it. I think it's a very basic plot and the general plot, if you haven't seen it and you're still tuning in, I don't know why, but uh, Elle Fanning, she comes to be a model in Los Angeles. She's perfect looking because she's from Kansas and Christian and all weird and 17. And uh, she gets the model world. All the other models hate her because she's so perfect and they she, they lose jobs to her. And she has a cougar in her uh, motel room. Why? It doesn't matter. Um, a motel owned but, by Keanu Reeves. Oh, yes, randomly by Keanu Reeves. But um, just to spoil the entire thing, what it turns out being at the end, um, these other fashion models, they get together. And at the beginning of the film, and this is what I think the general premise of the entire movie is, they're in this bathroom, and Jenna Malone, as a makeup artist who... It's just metal fanning. Ask her one simple question. Um, she asks her, are you sex or are you food? And sex says, or what? food. And she says, You're, what are you, sex or food? You, you are one or the other. And ultimately at the end, Jenna Malone, who is a lesbian, tries to have sex with her. She doesn't, she can't get anywhere with oh, her. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even put, I wouldn't even say lesbian. I think that's, I think it's supposed to be a bit more well, vague. It's not necessarily that she's a lesbian. She just wanted her because that's, she, Everybody wants her, and that's where I guess I can go in with with my kind of thing because it, it, even with the sex and food, it's over a conversation of lipstick. That lipstick is usually made for sex or food, and that's how it's sold. You know, this color sex, this color food. What are you? And it just goes down to the uh, the selflessness of these characters. Everyone thinks they're the best. One character has even gone through like physical torture to make herself look a specific way, and this is somebody who has a downfall at the end of the film. To me, I think it's more about uh, self-absorption and then you gaining a power through that of feeling that you're better than everyone else, hence the Neon Demon, which is represented, which it's weird, but I listened to the commentary and I kind of saw it from Reffin's eye, what he was meaning and the color red and the meaning of the color red and the triangles all moving into a, not necessarily an occult spooky-ooky sort of thing, but it's supposed to give you that. Like, it's, there's it's even an entire series of occult ritual. Yeah, I mean, they, here's the spoiler that you're going to. They end up eating her, and but when they eat her, they gain her power and become perfect and noticeable. And, you know, there's a whole ritual scene that goes with her being eaten where they've kind of invoked what she is, perfection, and all of them have taken it. Well, she slowly bowed to this vain demon. She becomes what everybody thinks she is. Everybody thinks she per she's perfect, so she slowly becomes more and more perfect in her own eyes. She only, more honestly, gets more up her own ass. 
Um, kind of like this movie is, but like I, don't movie. Care. I don't care. It's an up its own ass art film. It's it's fine. No, it, it was that's, that's the issue is because I've seen so many people it's say that about this film. Well, most certainly, yeah, I, I consider it deeply film. an exploitation film. Well, people are using I mean, that it, as like it a bad thing, like it's up its own ass, it's new wave, it's, but that's the point, it is up its own ass, it's new wave, and that's the style no, Robin has particularly made himself in. Well, I mean, not even comparing it to like the Suspiria, that's, that's Dario Argento's style, that's, how, that's the type of film Dario Argento made. Refn has a very particular style from Bronson to Drive. He loves digital, and uh, something that I think is important to point out in this film, there's nearly nothing organic in the movie whatsoever. There's, I think, one scene that has a cell phone, and it's actually a particularly old iPhone. Outside of that, no one really drives a car. There's no computers. There's no Twitter. There's there's none of these binding social media uh, ideas that we have. And I think that's really notable. It, it, nothing's organic. It's a digital film. It's filmed on digital. It's white. It's neon. The entire soundtrack is fucking electronic. That's his style. And I think that people view it in that sense oh, it's, up, it's, not, it's, it's nouveau it's whatever and that's stupid it's not the way to look at something like this it, it's a fucking 42nd street exploitation film it just happens to at be at the beautiful. end of the day that is and what it, it is. is I mean yeah and it, it, it does just gorgeous go, though it goes off in its own meditations it goes off into different ideas and concepts but ultimately it's a, about vanity and sleaze the sleaze of Hollywood and how it changes you and eventually consumes you ultimately consumed literally by your peers because it's a cutthroat world in Hollywood quite literally. And sometimes instead of a general, like a character narrative is, is based on the growth of one character. And I think from the first sequence of this film to the end, everyone you're exposed to goes through a bit of a change and becomes a bit more vicious. Even the Keanu Reeves character who initially appears to be somewhat seedy, but transforms into just this horrific, uh, I don't know, B killer kind of guy. Yeah, it was very strange. You didn't you didn't expect that. But even the Christina Hendricks character, she goes from sort of a, in the brief appearance she has, a nurturing, backing, supportive mother to people believe what you want to hear, tell them you're 18. And it's all about yeah, money. Why? It's all about beauty. And that's the point. You know, beauty isn't everything. Beauty is the only thing because that is the only thing that can't be manufactured. You can fake it. You can become the next Barbie, but you are not beautiful. And who, you know, it's the well, most hated person in the world. Somebody who's beautiful. Especially in American culture, beauty, especially towards females, is something that is always commented on always brought up because even in the the election that's going on uh Hillary Clinton that's what I was going to say even Hillary's the, being judged nasty yeah woman. that's who gives a fuck it's always brought up about a woman's look even Donald Trump he has an accuser who says yeah he um, you know sexually assaulted me in some way I would never sexually He'd never do that to somebody that Jesus Christ I would yeah. never do it to somebody that ugly, ugly. That it's, I mean, and then you even look, and that somebody that accused him, he did this 20 years ago, but they're going to use the most recent picture of her in her 60s because you judge a woman on their appearance, and it's a very shallow culture. And this is very, I mean, this, and again, is kind of, here's a weird reference. This is a lot like RoboCop. a neon demon very easily. <laughs> oh, yeah, basically. Well, you have a, like RoboCop. Um, well, you have an outsider, an out, somebody that's not American looking in at our culture, and it's, a, it's, it's kind of a comedy in the sense of this is what these people outside of our big walls think of us. 
this is what Europe and the rest of the world thinks of our culture because this is reference sort of twist on American beauty, strictly American beauty. Not that, you know, the universal supermodel code is any fucking different anywhere, you know, else. This was the Hollywood idea. This was the California twist. That's kind of its own vibe that it floats with. Again, where people say it's up its own ass. But I and there are a lot of visual metaphors in this film that I'm sure Refn will get into in his commentary. But even if you don't want to pick up on those metaphors, even if you just want to let this whole thing wash over you, Jesus Christ, is this not beautiful? Every scene is just painted wonderfully. And sometimes I think it's CGI. I look at it and go, God, is that that's, that looks weird? I don't know if that's CG. And or you know, not. the only CG that that really happened um, was in a few scenes, flashing lights, the strobe lights effects. Uh, not heavily, just sometimes were added and tweaked. Very little, but shadows sometimes were added um, and daylight shots. Everything else was actually shot like a you would be shooting a supermodel. It was all heavy lights. It was all plastic. It was just kind of amazing. You know, reference oh, a storyboard. So he's a bit like Cronenberg. He shows up to the set and is, you know, there and has the actors and tries to get it a little fluid. And what's remarkable is everything feels a little robotic with this movie. It, it feels artificial. It doesn't feel organic. And that's really kind of the point of the senseless nature of beauty. Interestingly, you brought up Cronenberg because this is kind of, I mean, you can, this is a bit of a stretch, but this is a Cronenberg film, sort of. It is a body horror film. It's well, about, have you seen Cosmopolis yet? I mean, it's, <laughs> they're very similar. Kind of in the same vein as his more re- recent stuff. I mean, it's how self-consumed and self-possessed we are as humans and what becomes of us. And sometimes the culture around us will literally devour us. She was already devouring herself. I mean, before she was actually devoured by her peers, she was devouring her, her own personality and becoming what everybody wanted of her. She was becoming soulless. Uh, kind of- she was letting the demon take yeah. over. I mean, down to the point that she was even guarding her virginity, not because... You know, Jenna Malone was a woman, but because she could take advantage of that and it sold. The purity sold. So yeah. in the act of saving and selling that, you're kind of, you know, pushing it away. It's becoming non-pure now, as she was. And it also can be a um, the idea of where we are in pop culture where you can scroll through your internet news and you have, you know, a bunch of political stories going on right now and some other stuff. Oh, here's 12 posts about Kim Kardashian. What has she done? It doesn't matter. But she's fuckable, so we'll talk about her. We'll just talk about her endlessly. She fucked a rapper once, you know. Who gives a fuck? But that's what American culture wants. They want beautiful heroes to... And then they Even worse than that, I mean... When you... Well, what's even worse than that is in this current state and how the election's going, when you even click the political articles, it's not just about politics. It's here's a video of Jay-Z pushing away a 13-year-old fan in 1999, and now here's a picture of him at the Hillary Clinton campaign. Look at the super criminal she's got working for her. That it's not even a fucking political volley back and forth on what these people believe in or the direction they're going to lead our fucking country into. It's Jay-Z pushed a fan away 10 years ago and supports Hillary Clinton. It's nonsense. Yeah, That's all we care about. It's all we care about. You don't understand, though. Jay-Z is part of the liberal Jew-run media. So he's obviously evil. <laughs> I mean, yeah, him and Ben on, Affleck man. and Leonardo DiCaprio get together and make lies about fucking climate change under Al Gore's shiny shyster nose. What the fuck ever, you know? <laughs> 
fucking it's just nonsense. Even the fact that we have to hear about climate change from goddamn Leonardo DiCaprio. That's even ridiculous. That's how far gone our culture has that these are the people that are letting us know that the fucking ice caps are melting. And it all goes back to losing yourself. Nobody has their own opinion. Our opinions are all based on other things, just like our opinion of beauty being the highest regard of almost currency. Watching Neon Demon reminded me and made me wistful of the times when people actually gave a fuck when they made a movie. You might not like the direction he was going in this, but Jesus Christ, he gave a fuck. He gave a fuck about every shot. He gave a fuck about the tone, the music, the acting. Well, even hearing him talk about it, it's like, well, I had this vision, and uh, you know, I talked about it with my wife, and I, I had this vision. You know, it was American. It was metropolitan. I wanted to do it this way, and uh, they didn't have a. This wasn't a big, giant budget fucking picture. He says it was a no budget movie, but I know it was at least over fifty million. They they just took that, and I know a lot of that was for release and post production and whatever. Uh, most of it was all soundtrack and just lighting. Just that's where he wanted this look to come. He wanted a feeling to be behind this. Because this was the mood. This was what he wanted to represent. <laughs> It very much reminds me of 1970s European cinema, Mario Bava, Dario Argento, um, even someone like Jean Roland. I mean, it's you know, what you end up with is you end up with And I tried to spread this film to some friends of mine and said, hey, you need to watch Neon Demon. Watch, she got through 30 minutes and said, this is boring. I can't stand it. Well, what's boring about it? Because you're not you're sitting there on your fucking iPad and you're not paying attention. You have to let you have to let the film consume you totally and ultimately. You can't be doing other things because you have it's a, almost well. But that takes us to another thing that you've brought up on the show magic. before. You know, well, you you've brought up before. You know, people um, when, when they watch a movie, well, I I just want to to go through ninety minutes and not have to think about anything, and that's not what film is. That's you if you're watching a movie for sheer entertainment, it's it generally you're doing it wrong. I'm sorry. It doesn't have to be. You can go watch Transformers and do whatever the I mean, fuck you want with. Yeah, that's, well, I mean, what I'm saying is you can about just being consumed. But you also have to give other things a chance. You have to give other aspects of cinema a chance because they are saying something. They are trying to make you think about something or make you feel a certain emotion. It's not all about commerce. It's not all about just distracting yourself. Sometimes it's about telling you something about yourself. A neon demon should tell you something a little bit about yourself anyway. Just about how well, you sometimes there's you films. think about the characters. Well, I mean, there's sometimes there's films and then there's fucking movies, and you can go watch something that's just there for sheer entertainment. But it just what's the point of even bothering to watch something if you're going to sit there and scroll through your phone and, and be in other universes? You're not going to connect to anything, even if it's on a, human, a humanistic level of, like, stupidity, like Bill and Ted or something. It's just white noise at that point, and you're missing it. And one thing I, I always think of is uh, Quentin Tarantino did a commentary for uh, True Romance. And one of the few things he pointed out that I really, really enjoyed was the, the scene where it's Brad Pitt's apartment with the Larry Bird-looking guy. I always forget his name. And uh, all the posters are in framed, are framed. And, you know, Brad Pitt's smoking pot out of a honey bear fucking honey container why why would they spend money on frames but not a bong why would they have such a shitty apartment and nobody paid attention in set detail you're gonna miss things like that and not be able to relate to it and it's just small petty stupid nitpicking details but when you have something like neon demon it's by somebody who spent all their time with small nitpicking tiny details and gave you a presentation exactly for that for you to notice everything and to take it in that it's eye candy to a certain level but if you're looking for deeper than just what the movie's about if you're looking for some 
Oh, it's got to have a substance. And for all the What's people, the demon thing? You're missing it all. And for all the, the people who, um, I, the irony is not lost on me because I think both of us, um, with the same thing with the Maniac remake, talked about how up its own ass it was. Yes, but that was up its own ass because it was a gimmick. It was this POV was perspective gimmick doing a complete POV slasher film, which is a gimmick at the end of the day. I mean, it did have some interesting scenes, but it just it, every movement seemed wasted to me. It was trying to turn an art uh, something sleaze into an art film, and Neon Demon is an art film that is also sleaze. There is a difference. There is a, I mean, it's... I don't know. It's I mean, you can look at any perspective. Even to like, the fact that Elle Fanning was was sixteen when they filmed this. That this is a child. She was sixteen years old in high school while they filmed this, and there are some very very provocative scenes. That itself is sleaze. That that's something that I think needs to be mentioned and brought to the table because it's not just what goes on in the film. That there is, I guess, you could say, a form of gore. It's just not as visual as a. Uh, the average horror fan that's that's going into this thinking they eat a girl and it's going to be you know cannibal ferox good it's it's subtle and it's beautiful in that way because it's supposed Very to be a subtle. representation of pain and hatred and an inner self uh, inner self hatred and just a mixture of things they eat her because they hate themselves <laughs> and she's the most perfect thing in the world so they eat As her because like, of hatred well, it's just it's funny you bring that up it's as blasted with color and kind of basically gimmick art design in this film. It's very subtle. It's a very subtle film. The the concepts it's working with are still very subtle, as crazy and neon and over-the-top as everything seems. They are doing something very quiet about it. It's, it's not in your face. It's just something for you to pick up on as you're watching. It's all about tone, and that's what the problem is with most films. It's just they don't give a fuck about tone. This film had tone. Green Room had tone. Um, Blue Ruin has tone. Uh, the Battery. I'm just trying to think of some more of the, the films. You know, and that's, I, I love tried. And uh, I love mentioning Blue Ruin, and I, I just want to bring that up again because that, to me, was what the first time I saw this. I was like, all right, wow, I, this, this, I'm glad this is becoming sort of a style. You've got it from Jeremy Saulnier, and then that's a, he's American, he's, and he's picking up on something that's great. Then you've got Revan, who, you know, I'm a very European style. He does, you know, it's a beautiful, articulate style, and that's what's great. This movie's articulate, and that's a problem, too. People just want something. Well, I thought they fucking ate her. What's going on? Just... Go back, relax, look at it differently. It's it's supposed to not be intense. Everything is so in your face and it has all these special effects and, and booms and whatever. And that even taking back to Blue Ruin, you have one intense scene of, of gore, but it's so effective and shocking that I still reach down to my leg, yet alone in green room, I, my fucking hand, I think I actually jumped up oh, in God. theater at that scene and said, oh, fuck. You know, that was intense, and that's what that's all you got. Everything else was very subtle. You had attack dogs. Spoilers for green room! Uh, you know, it, but it still transcended into just almost this calm, subtle mixture of shadows. And that's what plays heavily in this, is you, you have to look beyond the shadows. You're looking for substance, and it's in the story. It's a very, very mild yeah. story. And you don't even have to have that much story to create something that I want to watch. Story doesn't have to be riddled with plot. It's everything is not an M. Night Shyamalan thing. It doesn't always have to twist. There is no twist. I had no it's clue what Neon Demon was about when I watched it. Yeah, it just, and it happens, and you go, oh, well, fuck. Well, that was crazy. And... 
that's sorely what's missing is people just can't connect. They've hired so many commercial and music video directors to make things. Things do look interesting at a lot of times, but they're not really about fucking anything. They don't really break anything down and try to... The auteur theory is out the fucking window. There are very few of them left. They do exist uh, with Jeremy Sonier. Um, Refn is one. Uh, the German guy who made Nymphomaniac cannot remember his name right now. He's an auteur. He made Lars von Tears. I like his shit. Lars von Tears. There you go. Um, I, I love his style, and I got a lot of shit from some of my friends, but I enjoy it. Um, well, it's, it's one of those things where so many people are looking at it objectively, and it's like, oh, it's so up at don't ask. He's trying to be, how do you think we're going to get any other new wave unless people do it? you got to look past it and not be so stupid. Get, you're, I know you're used to Walker, Texas Ranger, and, and the fucking Expendables, and whatever dumb shit is pumped down your fucking throat, and the Big Bang Theory, and just stupid one, two, three jokes. But if you give substance a fucking chance and try and just let it grow, you might end up getting all that dumb shit you like wrapped in a prettier fucking bow, because people don't will grow. They, the style changes, and you have to and accept that. Not everything has to hit you over the head. Some things can be subtle. Some things can be up for your own interpretation. That's what makes movies great. What gives you a dialogue to talk about movies with people and to actually talk about art and engage with you. Art is supposed to engage with you in some way, shape, or form. It's not just supposed to lay there. It's and you know, here's here's one of the here's a fact and feel something. You know, this this is a fact and this is a sad fact. Film and even literature at this point isn't a serious artistic venue anymore. People people look at a movie and they don't think it's hard to do. People look at an independent film and they think, oh, well, if I'm seeing this, they must be a billionaire living in a super fancy nice house. Nobody has substance anymore, just, just like the issue that we're talking about. It's not easy. It's not for entertainment. Sometimes people are trying to put their life's work and their art through a moving picture. And it's not taken seriously because of all the just dumb shit that's pumped out. You know, these million-dollar movies and, you go see and give a shit about that have no matter. It's just money. And everybody everybody has a bit of Elf Fanning in them. You might not be a supermodel, but you might have the house, the husband, the two-point-fucking-three children. But again, it's just all, it's all screen. It's all a show. You're still being consumed on the inside because you're not being who you truthfully are. You're not breaking well, you want to hear an interesting fact. Hitting your full potential. Go on the commentary it. track, Maybe. well, on the commentary track, El Fanning and uh, and, and Refn are together, and they're discussing the movie. It's a very technical commentary track. They talk a lot about how the movie was made, and not. he mentions his theories and substance here and there. But he brings up how he met El Fanning. His wife had seen one of his, her later pictures when she was like 11 years old or so, and it said, you know, she's probably the right age. Check her out. He eventually met with her and asked her straight up as she read for the role. It was the opening scene of the film she read for, and they went over how it was going to be shot. He looked her dead in the eyes and said, do you, do you think you're beautiful? She, she laughed at him and said, yes, I do. And he hired her out of the spot and started going over the rest of the script because that's what this movie is about. That's, that's what the movie is exactly about, and that's why she's perfect, because she answered the, the question that the girl pretty much is asked through the whole entire movie. Are you sex or are you food? Are you beautiful? Think about it and let it hit you, man, because when it does, it's awesome. It's just great. I mean, when I finally realized what? that click, I think it was my second viewing of the movie, and you and I came together with that. Because I'd said to you, well, they're all eating whatever at the restaurant. And Jenna Malone says, she's just got that thing, you know? And both girls look at each other in understanding. And then Elle Fanning gets her hand cut. And the girl just goes for her carnivorously. 
Yeah, and then you pointed out the are you sex or are you food? And when you combine those things, that's the plot. That's the simple thing. They're not vampires. They're not all demons. It's not spooky monsters. They just want her. They want to consume her because she's beautiful. Most of humanity gets down very primal, and we don't want to admit it to ourselves. And the primal thing is, for a lot of things, what are you to me? How can I use you? Can I use you? Can I fuck you or can I eat you? Or can you provide something for me to eat? How are you going to provide something for my life? And that's what's your usefulness interrelate. What is your usefulness to me? And this is just the absolute most stripped down primal version of that. It's literally you are my food. If you're not going to be my sex, you will be this for me, and I will consume. And literally, you, you are what you eat, though. Yes. And if you're, um, if I can't become model, like you, well, the twist and what I thought was I interesting is you have the, the whole idea of I can't become what you are, then I'll make you a part of me. And you have three people that feast upon the supermodel. And the last part of the movie is two supermodels, or three supermodels, sorry, out at a shoot, and one of them is instantly fired, and one of the girls that ate her with her partner ends up in the shoot, and one of them becomes very sick and can't handle it, and she goes and throws her up and then stabs herself, kills herself, while the other one just stands there drooling, anticipating it because she can take it. The one that ends up killing herself was artificial. She had gotten surgery and jaw shavings and her voice changed and breast reduction to become something artificial. She couldn't even handle the purity of the beauty they consumed. And that's the issue because people consume everything on a materialistic level, whether it's Kim Kardashian in the news or what Hillary Clinton is wearing. You're consuming something only on a superficial level because you're superficial. superficial. I don't give a shit. Uh, yes, I don't give a shit what you have to say about it. No, it's because of this. No, it's superficial. It's all war. And it's the past. But even in, you want to get into Native American times, uh, a lot of tribes would consume the heart of the kill because you want to possess its power. It's the same goddamn thing. It's just everything is completely shallow. And what are you to me? What are you to me? What Donald Trump, What what's Donald Trump to me? Well, he's going to get all the Mexicans out, and he's going to build a wall, and he's going to make sure that I never have to pay taxes again, yada, yada, yada. What are you going to give me? Not what can, how can I help everybody else out? Not how do we make this yeah, thing What's your usefulness directly to together. me? What are you going to give me? What have you done for me lately? And that's it. And that's what... Most lifestyle is now is just what have you done for me lately, and that's where we're fucking at. It's goddamn sad. It's it's a barter sad. system, and but instead of sugar and honey for labor and trade, we're bartering each other's time. We're bartering each other's appearances on social media. Oh, we can hang out so we can take this picture. You know, it's it's just all status. Everything is status. Who has the new thing? Who's doing what right now? So we can talk about exactly how I'm doing something better than you are while you're home alone. Let's just show the world because we're all artificial, fake, happy people. Look at me. This is my perfect family. Don't you want to see my I'm perfect family? I'm at the park. I, 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 oh, shit. You're at the park. Who gives a fuck? Why yep. does everything have to be about you? Why is everything about what you've been doing? It's not because we live in an era and a generation. Ask questions. 
But that's the thing that social media is. We live in an era and we live in a time where each and every person now has been given this little pedestal to feel a bit significant on. Well, this is my page. These are my pictures. This is how I want it. You don't like it. Don't be my friend on the Internet because that's what matters. They have this little thing that they can jump up on and say, well, I think this about this and I think this and that and blah, blah, blah. Like it and share it and let everybody else know that doesn't have their own opinion. We didn't have that beforehand, and things were a little bit less soulless, but that's an argument. Were the 80s and the 70s and 60s less soulless than now? It's all artificial. It's well, America, and that's what America is. I mean, Plastic is fake. It's made in China. Andy Warhol said everybody was going to have their 15 minutes of fame. I just don't think he like could ever possibly think we were going to burn through it so quickly. And that's what you're doing every day yeah. on social media. There's your 15 minutes. You know, burn through it. <laughs> well, it's gone. It's like Naked Lunch. Burroughs kind of predicted this. Even Videodrome, Cronenberg kind of predicted this, this social media, this desensitizing, this sort of weird phase. But nobody, I don't think anybody thought that it would. Wrapping this up, what you have is a film with substance and story. And like you pointed out, a, a film where the director was an artor and cared about his product. It was something of a labor that he created it and delivered it, and he brought you something that is charismatic and subtle and just beautiful. Uh, it's just a gorgeous film to watch visually. It's 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 just great. He's a very talented man. Somebody tried. He drive. You know. Yeah. Yay! Somebody tried to do something. I appreciate you Good, attempting yeah. to make a movie that wasn't complete shit. I don't care. Thank if you, like you for not trying to be an artist. And that's the same thing with Jeremy Saulnier. Uh, it's somebody that has a vision, and unfortunately, even Saulnier himself says, you know, the studio is going to give me a lot of money, and I'm never going to be able to make a good movie again. And that happens to everybody. But there's hope because after Drive, I never thought Ruffin would do something um, quite so groundbreaking, I, I would say, uh, quite so different and intriguing in this film uh, with its substance and its story matter. Is is very different, and I think <laughs> He's a it's watch. very shocking, it's very but it's very subtle. Interesting choices. I mean, you go from like something like Drive to Only God Forgives to this, which is just like, all right, man, you just you really have Bronson. He's kind of all over the place, but not all, all over the place at all. It all seems like a certain like a big body of work. It all does fit together, as different as it may be. So he's got I mean, a vision, and he's got a message. Just keep making stuff. Just jack off. Do it. Be an artist. Jack off as much as you want to, and I will look at yeah, it and go, oh. We're going to leave you with uh, some of the soundtrack from this terrific movie. It's very... Well, it looks like that's the end. Rats get into the, uh, the vault. Rats get into the vault and gnaw all the tapes. It wasn't so bad, though, was it? And hey, at least the audio quality's gotten sort of better over the years. So that's it. No gimmick. Still recovering from blowing up last week. I don't think I'm supposed to mention that, but whatever. So until next week, the ashtray is full and the bottle is empty. See... What? Who the fuck are you? We warned you not to mention the explosion.